Well, can you believe it? We are in the sixth week, sixth week of our series we are calling Follow Me. Because it was with those two words, those two words that Jesus began a movement. Really, really it was a revolutionary movement. It was revolutionary in his time, and it has been ever since. And we know this because... Well, we're still talking about it today. That movement is still continuing, and we are being invited into it. No, we don't walk long, dusty roads in Galilee following Jesus. But that same invitation that he gave to them, he is extending to us. It is an invitation into relationship with him. It's an invitation uh, to, to be loved by him. It's an invitation to love as he loved others. It's an invitation to live as he lived. It's an invitation to do what he did so that we can become more like him. And as we've said throughout this series, God's goal for our life is for us to become more like his son. And so last week we asked the question, how? How do we, how do we follow? How do we follow? I want to continue that conversation today because what I want to talk about today is crucial to being able to follow Jesus. It is absolutely critical to us being a follower of Jesus. In fact, I would go as far to say that what we're talking about today is at the very heart of the matter because it is at the, it's at the very heart of God. And it is this. Biblical community. I'm not sure what you think of when you think of biblical community. But here's what I want to say. I want to say that it begins and it ends with God. It begins and it ends with God. After all, in the beginning. In the beginning, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like, what's that say? Us. Now, isn't that interesting? First chapter of Genesis. This was in the beginning. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Well, who is the us? The us is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. You see, before time began, they were three in one. Three persons, distinct in their role and in their function, but one in their purpose. See, before time began, there was perfect harmony and unity within God himself. Perfect community. So it's no surprise as we see them, as they begin to create, they say, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then we get to Genesis chapter 2 and look what happens. It is, what does that say? It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Well, there's no surprise there that the God who is community within himself would say, this isn't good. This, this won't work. Now, this isn't just speaking to the union of marriage. If, whether you are married, whether you're not married, it doesn't matter. You see, we're all made in his image, and we were all made to be like them. We were all made to be like them. And so, what does this mean? This means that within all of us, we were created to long for biblical community. This is why one of our mantras around here, things that we like to say, is life is not meant to be lived alone. God said it first, but, but that's what we like to say. Life is not meant to be lived 
alone. Now, we not only see this in creation, but we see this when, when Jesus comes to earth and he begins to call his disciples. What is he doing? He's walking along the shoreline and he's, he's calling Peter and, and Andrew and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew and Thomas. What, what's he doing? He, he is gathering a group of people together to follow him. Do you notice that there was no one? He never gave anyone the option to follow him alone. You see, if, Ma if Matthew was going to follow him, well, he was going to have to follow right alongside of Peter. And if Peter was going to follow, he was going to have to do it right alongside of, of John. He was gathering to them together, not just because he was lonely looking for something to do, to, you know, want to get some dudes together to hang out. This was, a, this was very purposeful, the way that he was bringing them together so that they would follow together. Because Jesus was there at creation and he knew that we were made for this. And so we see him model it. But he's not the only one that knows that we are created for community. We have a very real adversary, a very real enemy who also knows this. And he wants nothing more than for you to be isolated from biblical community. Reminds me a little bit of how the, the lion hunts its prey in the African savanna. I've never been to the African savanna, but I have watched YouTube. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've seen this before, but you, you see the, uh, I mean, the lion hunts in different ways, but here's one of its, uh, its tactics. Sometimes the lion will crouch down in that tall uh, lemongrass there in the, in the savanna, and then it will, it will uh, hide itself. I mean, obviously, it doesn't want to just take off and run after its prey because then it will just chase it off and I have to work a whole lot harder to get it. So it, it wants to get as close as it can. But if you'll notice, it doesn't always just pounce right away. The lion stays hidden in the grass. What is it doing? It's watching. It's observing. What is it watching and observing? It's watching and observing the herd it's looking to see, and sometimes they'll do this all day long. Sometimes they won't, will not attack until after sunset. But they're watching to see which ones are maybe weak, which ones are maybe sick, which ones are maybe young, which ones are willing to isolate themselves from the rest of the herd. Because this is what the lion knows. The lion knows that if it can position itself between its prey and the protection of the herd, even for something as large as a buffalo, most of the time, for that animal, it's game over. See, this is how the lion hunts. It loves when its prey is isolation. Ask any warthog or zebra or buffalo in the savannah, they will tell you, stay alert and stay together. And you know what? The apostle Peter would tell you the same thing. Look at this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, what does that say? Like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So why biblical community? Because we were created for it. Because Jesus modeled it when he called his followers. But because when we are isolated 
We're in dangerous territory. We're vulnerable, susceptible to the roaring lion. That's a little bit of the wine behind biblical community, but let's, let's take another step and let's talk about what it is. What is biblical community? And I'm not sure what you think about. I mean, a lot of us, we have uh, different forms of community that we, we have in our lives, but, but here's, here's a definition for us. A biblical community, and if you're filling out blanks, this is one of your first ones, a biblical community is a disciple-making community. Again, when Jesus gathered his community together, when he said, follow me, he said, follow me together. But what was his purpose? It wasn't just to hang out. He was making disciples because he was beginning a movement that he wanted to see multiply for generations and generations to come. And it did because we're still here. But he was very purposeful in the way that he raised up these disciples because he wanted to make disciples that were going to make disciples that were going to make disciples for generations to come. This isn't just any community. This is a disciple-making community. Let's go a little further in our definition. Biblical community is an intentional gathering where followers of Jesus develop authentic relationships, learn from the scriptures, and provide mutual encouragement, accountability, and care to one another. Biblical community can take the form of a, a small group, equipping class, or mentoring relationship. It could be that you find this in your small group. It could be that you find this in our equipping classes. We have equipping classes that meet here. Or it could be that it's a special mentoring relationship that you have with someone. But how do we know whether these things are truly biblical community? Well, I want us to look at just a, a few things that are going to help us define this even more. If, to be in biblical community is to be in a place where you are fully accountable. Aren't you glad you came today? We love that word. Well, actually, we do love accountability if it means we're holding someone else accountable. We don't like it so much when someone else is holding us accountable. But my friends, we have to have people in our lives that help hold us accountable. People who are speaking life into our life. It's kind of like, Kind of like guardrails. You ever notice the, the guardrails as you're going down the highway? And, well, no one really wants to ever have to use a guardrail. But just look over the edge and consider the alternative. We need people in our lives who can speak into our lives. We need people who are like guardrails. People who, you know, maybe... Maybe we're about to do something dumb. I don't know if you guys ever do anything dumb. Sometimes I do dumb stuff. And you, maybe you need somebody in your life to go, well, don't do that. That's dumb. <laughs> or, or maybe it's something you're not doing that maybe you should. And maybe someone else can look into your life and they can go, you know what? I see God moving in your life. And I know it's scary and I know it's a big thing, but I think you've got what you need. You've got the spirit of the living God in you. I think you should go for it. We need people like that in our lives. It's kind of like the old song 
you know, prone to wonder. Lord, I, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I'm, I'm prone to, to, to veering off from time to time, and I need people in my life. Yeah, I have different layers of accountability in my life. I, I'm, well, I'm accountable to you. Now, I'm accountable to our elders. Uh, pretty soon, I'm going to be accountable to even more elders. I'm accountable to our staff. But it is that closest layer of accountability around me that really makes the difference. Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who I have invited in to have access into my life. Here's what that means. That means I've got three, four people. They can ask me anything, anytime. Okay? They can, they can ask me uh, uh, how I'm spending my money. Whoa, that's pretty personal. But that's accountability. How am I spending my time? How, how am I... Uh, Doing as a, as a husband, as a father, they can, they can ask me these things. And they can, they can go to my wife. And they can go to Alicia and ask her, okay, how's he doing? Okay, how, how are things in your marriage? Do you have that kind of accountability in your life? I know it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, but consider the pain and the regret that it could save you. We need people in our lives, kind of like the wisdom from the, the Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I gotta ask you, do you have someone in your life sharpening you? Do you have people in your life? Do you have that kind of biblical community? The kind that, number two, is a place that helps you become fully devoted. As Jesus called his disciples, even after he had given his life on the cross, and now on that third day, being raised from the dead, he presented himself to the disciples. Even after that, he said, you will be my witnesses. Even after that, he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. Even after all that, we find these disciples not left behind, left alone, because he sent his Holy Spirit to work within them. But there they were to continue what Jesus had started. And they did not want to be half-hearted disciples. And we don't either. We want to be sold out, fully devoted followers of Christ, where that is the central priority in our lives is the glory of God and the cause of Christ. And we get distracted from that. Really, there, there are a lot of things that distract us from that. But do you have a community that's helping you be fully devoted? The kind of community like we find in the book of Acts, specifically in Acts 2. Look at this. They, what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to this. Their devotion is blessing us right now. I love our time together. I really do. I love these large group gatherings. You know, this is our opportunity to come together to be devoted in the apostles' teaching, okay? The breaking of bread, we've done that today, to be devoted to prayer. But when it comes to fellowship, 
Well, there's only so much that we can do in a large group like this. If we want to be devoted to the kind of fellowship that the early church was devoted to, it's going to happen in smaller biblical communities. And if we're honest with ourselves, I mean, isn't that the kind of spiritual community, spiritual friendships, isn't that what our soul really longs for? Isn't that really the kind of community that that God has planted within us to to long for? I love this quote from Tim Keller. He says, to be loved but not known is comforting, but it's superficial. And to be known and not loved, that is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Do you have community like that? Number three, a place where we are fully known and truly loved. God loves you just the way you are. And he wants you to know that, and he wants you to receive that. But it is in biblical community where we receive God's love and are able to offer it to others. Apostle John said it like this in 1 John. He said, dear friends, if if God so loved us, then we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God resides in us. And his love is, get this, his love is perfected in us. See, God loves you with a perfect love, but in community is where it is being perfected in us. I think a lot about um, how we, as a a body here at Oak Hills Church, how we are going to care for one another. And i got to tell you, I've come to the realization there is no way that we could ever staff enough to meet all the needs that we have in our body. We can't. In fact, I don't even think it would be biblical to even try. But we can be the church to each other as we love one another, as it was saying there in 1 John. Some of my first, my uh, favorite church moments, I call them church moments, are when I go to, to visit one of you. And, and by the way, we all know if I show up, it's bad. So sometimes if I walk in unannounced, eyes get big and they look around like, is somebody not telling me something? Like, what's going on here? But one of my favorite church moments is when I walk up to the front desk and I say, I'm Travis and I'm here to see so-and-so and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the pastor. And, and, and maybe the front desk lady smiles and says, um, I'm pretty sure the pastors are already in there. At that point, both of us are smiling. Because that is the church being the church. Somebody's small group has already made their way in there. They beat me to it. Or somebody's serving community that they're there are already in there ministering to them. You see, that is the church being the church. Do you have that kind of church? Do you have that kind of biblical community? 
It may be your small group that you meet regularly with. It may be an equipping class that meets regularly here. It may be that mentoring relationship where iron is sharpening iron. I don't think God cares what we call it, but He cares deeply that we are in it. Do you have it? Maybe this will help clarify just a little bit. I want you to think about the five most prominent voices in your life right now. Five most prominent voices. Those five most prominent relationships. Those who you have given access to you. Those who you allow to speak into your life and have impact on your life. Those five relationships. When you think about those relationships, when you think about those relationships, would you say that that is a place that helps you become fully accountable, fully devoted to the cause of Christ? Would you say that those five relationships are leading you to be fully known and truly loved? Do you have it? If not, you can. Church, friends, don't let another week go by. Don't let another week go by without taking some step towards having biblical community. We're here to help you do that. Maybe, maybe you want to start your own group, or maybe you've been thinking about that. I want you to know that even next weekend, uh, during our Sunday services, in both services, we're going to have a new leader training, okay? Training for, for new leaders. Now, you don't have to commit to anything. You could just come and find out more about it. But we can't have biblical community if we don't have people leading in biblical community. So you, next week, you could come to uh, worship a service and then, and then go to the, the class in a, in a different service. Maybe, maybe that's not for you. Maybe what you want to do is you're just ready to jump into an existing group. We can help you with that today. That's one of the, another one of our mantras we love to say. You can do it. You can do it. And we, we can help. And we want to help. So I want to invite you. Go right after this service. Go right out to Connection Central out there and just say, I'd like to find out more about getting into biblical community. Because haven't we had enough? Haven't we had enough of the isolation? You see it all over our society. The, the, the brokenness, the, the broken homes, the, uh, the isolation, the, the rampant loneliness. And it just doesn't have to be like that. God did not design us for that. Haven't we had enough of that? You were created for it. Jesus modeled it as he called his disciples. And we're vulnerable without it. We all have a next step. Every one of us. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, maybe you're just now starting to consider it as an option. We all have a next step. What is yours? Can I just encourage you, whatever it is, take that next step. Because here's the truth. When Jesus calls you, when he says, follow me, and you say yes to him, here's what that means. You will never have to walk alone again. Let me pray for us. 
Father, we thank you that we are never alone. You have given us the gift of your Holy Spirit. You've given us the gift of your presence. But you have given us the gift of each other. Forgive us when we say we're too busy. Forgive us when, well, the truth is we're just too prideful to let anyone in our life. Father, forgive us of that. We repent of that. But would you lead us beyond that? We know you love us just the way that that we are, but you refuse to leave us that way. So lead us into biblical community that you created us to be in. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.